0: What's up? Alex here. Welcome to this episode. Uh, So (laughs) this episode is slightly different from my normal episodes and I'll elaborate on that more when the actual episode starts in a second. Uh, But I needed to make an intro for this because it actually gets slightly weirder than that even. Uh, (laughs) So the thing is, this episode was recorded a few years ago uh, before the coronavirus pandemic. So I was planning to release this way earlier, but then shit hit the fan and and whatnot, and and everything happened, so so here we are. Uh, 99% of the episode is timeless, so it's no problems, but there's certain small details that, you know, might confuse people if I don't add this intro before the, the episode starts, so so that's what it is i hope you will enjoy it i actually enjoyed a lot myself listening to it now uh, a few years later it was actually there was some really good stuff in this episode that it, even I myself i went like hmm, i haven't thought about that in a while and uh, that's actually quite smart so <laughs> i i guess um i guess i like <laughs> realizing that i have been smart back in the days uh no <laughs> Whatever, let's just get started and uh, you will uh, see what I mean yourself. What's up, what's up? Welcome to the Learn B12 Fast Podcast. I'm Alex, I'm your host. I'm also the creator of the Learn B12 Fast Project. Today's episode is gonna be maybe a slightly different than something that you would expect to learn how to play beach volleyball from. It's going to be an about podcast, sort of about this project and kind of the background of me in this project, also my future visions for the project and sort of why it's different from other projects. Now, so before we start, I wanna address a very important question. And that question is why the hell would you actually listen to that? Why the hell would you listen to me ramble on myself and my own project? Well, I think there's going to be significant value in in this for you to do that, whether you're someone who's already sort of watched my YouTube videos or listened to other content by me or you're someone that is just curious about the the project name. I know it's kind of a kind of a how do you say? like a big project name, like learn beats all fast, like that actually implies that you're actually gonna, you know, can you learn faster from this project? Like, can this project actually make you learn B12 faster? And I absolutely believe it can. And that is partly because of my background, partly because of the reason I started playing the sport, partly because of the experiments that I've done that I don't think really anyone else has done. I haven't seen anyone else start a podcast, and start a YouTube channel or project like this, and I haven't heard anyone Else approach the sport the way I have and therefore no one else has started this project (laughs) so that's kind of the reason I'm gonna kind of explain more who I am and um, I think you're gonna learn a lot from it get inspired and, and probably get a lot of new ideas of how to approach the sport so yes I'm gonna talk about myself I'm gonna talk about my background I'm gonna talk about hopefully our future uh, kind of vision that we can do with this project together in the future, but it's all going to be like approach from a uh, why that is great for you kind of approach. The idea for this episode came from, well, from two places. Uh, first, I was just uh, making, redoing my website for the project, making a new website, and on that website I had an about page where I was supposed to you know, write about what this project is about and I just got stuck because I was like there's so many things I want to say there's so many things I want to explain that will, will really help these guys view Beach Volleyball in a different way etc cetera, etc cetera, and understand why this project is, <laughs> might be great uh, but there's just not even close to that much space in, in an about me page uh, on a website. No one's gonna read a book or you know, half of a book <laughs> explaining about the project. So, so I made a shorter version. I also had the same pro- problem in um, last summer. I did kind of an introduction video for the YouTube channel. Kind of the first video that pops up when you go on the channel that explains quickly what, what the project is about. That was three minutes, and I had this exact same problem there. So today I'm gonna let the unleash <laughs> unleash the nerd and kind of go deeper into that, uh, where I'm coming from, what, what's different, etc. So <clears throat> this, the start of everything, the start of everything is I started beach volleyball at when I was 24 years old. Um, but the important thing is that I started beach volleyball from very, very, very scratch, uh, meaning that I, I was not <laughs> any sort of natural talent, I was actually very bad when I was 24. Um, because there's many reasons for that. Basically, my background is I started skateboarding and snowboarding when I was eight years old. And uh, those two sports, uh, together with actually snow skating, which probably most people don't know what it is. It's sort of a hybrid sport between snowboarding and skateboarding. Those sports basically were my life for the longest time, between eight and twenty-four, so sixteen years. I was. Um, I tried some some ball sports. I played soccer when I was like seven for one year, but I hated it so much. I basically had the worst time of my life on every practice. Uh, for some reason, it took me a year to understand how much I disliked it. <laughs> so uh, when I saw the, it was the invitation letter for the season ending meeting. And I was like, wait, what am I doing? Why, why have I been playing this sport for a year? <laughs> uh, so I ended up not going to that meeting and basically never playing soccer again. Until actually last weekend, it was the first time in my life I was able to enjoy soccer. Uh, but that's another story. Uh, comes from from the skills that I learned in beach volleyball that I was then able to translate into soccer. Anyway, <clears throat> I played a little bit of basketball for two years, but that was also kind of boring, so it never never stuck with me. I was a skateboarder and snowboarder basically. I liked extreme sports. I liked the I liked the trick aspect of the sports. Of sort of, there were really no rules in a way. You just kind of make up your own things and. Everybody kind of does the same and whoever does the coolest shit is the best, <laughs> in a way. <laughs> and I guess that fit my personality in a, in a good way. So basically at 24 something happened, uh, which was basically the end of my board sports careers the, the way they had been so far. Um, I was quite successful as a skateboard and s- snow skater and snowboarder. Um, basically everything culminated in me being kind of a semi-professional snowboarder for three years i would say two three years uh in my 20s so maybe 21 to 24. and um we were basically was pretty much like a full-time job we would we would do other stuff for for a couple months for three months or so in the summer but the rest of the year was was traveling around snowboarding filming video parts, etc., etc. But it all ended um, for a lot of reasons that I don't really need to go into. It, we kind of came to a point, me and the guys I was riding with, that either this is going to become a professional full-time occupancy or we can't really continue doing it at the pace we're doing it because it was just... We were basically giving up all of our lives for snowboarding. And... Uh, yeah it's just not sustainable there was I was 24 I wanted to do other stuff in my life too rather than only 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 snowboard and put all my money and everything into it um uh, so and also at that point I didn't enjoy snowboarding if I didn't do it properly if I wasn't able to continue doing it the way I had then it wasn't as fun for me so so that was kind of a tough decision but but at one point we just Uh, basically the whole crew that I was riding with basically stopped at the same time and started doing other stuff with their lives so it was a great um, great period of my life I think all of us will remember it as some of the best times in our lives but but everything comes to an end and and, uh, I think everyone is very much in peace with that period anyway at that point I was 24 and I was not going to snowboard anymore but I had been moving. I had been doing some sort of physical exercise pretty much every day since I was eight years old, <laughs> and I had long gone realized that for me to be a happy, functional human being, I need to move every day. I need to do some sort of sport or some sort of physical thing every day. Otherwise, I'm I just get this unrestness feeling in my body, and and uh, yeah, I don't know how healthy. Uh, it's probably good to be able to chill too, but, <laughs> but it's sort of a, an addiction that I think is quite healthy in, for the body in the long run to, to be addicted to move. Uh, so you, you stay in shape. Anyway, <clears throat> I was 24 and I needed another sport. I had been playing a little, little, little bit of volleyball, beach volleyball in the summers for um, one or maybe one and a half summers. Before that, and I thought beach volleyball was kind of fun. It was more of a traditional sport. It wasn't as it wasn't an extreme sport like skateboarding, and snowboarding, but it was still had sort of a a vibe to it. You know, it's kind of there's not millions of people in the court. It's you and another guy. You can still have a little bit of your own style when doing it, and and um, yeah, it, it, it I don't know, it, it fit me. And of course, it's in the sun and weather's nice and stuff like that. So, okay, finally, I was 24 for the fifth time. I started looking into beach volleyball as a sport. And there was one fact that really changed the way I was going to look at everything, <laughs> which was that I, I came to the conclusion that a lot of beach volleyball players have their peak at age 35 or sometimes even later. For me at that point, that was kind of a unknown concept. I, I didn't, I hadn't ever really heard of a skateboard or snowboard snowboarder that would be older than 30 and doing, doing a sport properly and at an elite level anymore. Like I thought it was kind of like when you're 30 or your, your windows is, is gone, but here I was finding like that beach volleyball seems to be a sport where people are fully able to compete at the highest level in the world when they're 35 and, and some people even peak even later like in their 40s. So I was like what is going on? I, I thought I was old but if you look at it I'm just 24 and that means there's 11 years left until I'm 35. <laughs> so so the the inspired mind of mine started to see possibilities and, and I I went like wait, so is is there a chance I could have another like sport in my life that I would actually have time enough to become really good at? Like, is it not? I don't know. I started seeing this weird possibility, like what if that would be possible? What if I could reach in two sports a very high level in, in, my, in my life? Like I was already, I had accomplished beyond my wildest dreams in snowboarding uh, i never as a kid thought i would become that good at snowboarding so i was already very content as uh, with myself as a as someone who does sports but, but but you know you can always get more i guess <laughs> so so i started seeing like this possibility like what if it's possible to pull off and i think a part of of this um, way of thinking was also that I had learned from from my sports earlier that I think a lot of people in the world have this like thinking that it's impossible to do something that nobody else does or it's very, very, very hard to become the best in the world at something or it's very hard to be the first to do something. Um, I had, especially in my snow skating career, the sport that nobody knows what it is. Around like sixteen years of age, I was literally landing tricks that nobody in the world had done before. <laughs> so at that age, I had learned that shit. If you put your mind into something, if you really believe and want something, you can do shit that nobody else has done. <laughs> to be fair, snow skating is a kind of a niche sport, uh, so there wasn't. There was maybe around a hundred people in the world around that time that. We're really trying to do snow skating properly, so it, I, I didn't have that much competition. Uh, but still, it, <laughs> a 16-year-old guy that, that realizes that shit you have done, shit that nobody else has done, kind of puts a spark in your. It just teaches you that it's possible. So I, yeah, I kind of saw this this possibility. Like, what if I have 11 years old of a window to to pull this off and. What if I'm really smart, like if I really think about this and how I'm going to set this up, maybe I can accomplish uh, this dream of mine or vision of mine. I guess another part of it was to that there's people talking about this like 10 year rule or 10,000 hours rule, which might or not be true, but basically it, it's, there's some research that I guess, or I don't know if it's research or if it's just stories that in general, like in 10 years, people can reach a very, very, very high level in in something, even though you're starting from scratch. And I was like, I have 11, so I'm fine here, <laughs> I'm fine. Anyway, so I sat down and, and kind of started thinking about more like strategically, like how do I pull this off? Well, is there something I can do here in the beginning that will make me, help me pull this off? And um, I realized that there probably is, I was, a little bit another part of my background I'm a carpenter as um, as a trade originally I went to carpentry school and I worked as a carpenter building houses and stuff like that and at that point 24 I had been, done some carpentry and I had learned some very important lessons from carpentry some concepts that really make an efficient carpenter So I actually wanna start with just sharing with some carpentry (laughs) concepts here with you that I will then apply to Beach Volleyball and and kind of explain how it works. So the first carpentry concept is uh, if you're going to do the same action over and over and over and over, like you know that in the future you're gonna do this thing several times. First, before you start doing that task, you sit down and really think about how to make it easier and more efficient. Is there something you can set up so that it gives you recurring returns? Like, is there an example, if you're gonna put wooden pieces into one place, but you have to saw them at a saw before you put them into the place. Well, is the saw very far away from this place? If it is, move the saw close to the place where you're gonna actually put the wooden pieces and then start the job. Unfortunately, it's it's very, very common sense type of concept, but unfortunately there's so many people that do not take that one minute or one second or 10 seconds or, or um, maybe a day if it's a bigger project to sit down and actually do that foundational work before they start doing the work. So that's one of the concepts. The second of the concepts is uh, more technical. Um, <laughs> It's actually if you build a house. So imagine a house with uh, four walls and a roof. Just a normal house. There's two ways of building, like two different construction methods. Uh, One is um, the traditional method, the more maybe normal method, or uh, I'm not gonna call anything normal. I think they're both used very much. But the traditional method is basically piece by piece, like. Um, You know, one piece of timber after one piece, Uh, you start building one wall, you slowly but surely, you know, after a while you have built half of the wall and then a little bit more you have built the whole wall, then you start the next wall, it's just piece by piece house building and you see very clearly how much of the house you have built and how much is left. Probably if you were, if someone, if a non-carpenter would be about to build a house that this is would be how they would do it. But there's another part, another way to do it, which is actually more efficient. And it's the blocked, the prefabricated way. Uh, the prefabricated way is basically if you have the foundation for the, for the house and you, you need to build the walls and the, and the roof, you basically build one wall first. Laying on the ground, you ju- it's just flat on the ground. It's not even standing up like it should be. In the end, you just <laughs> build it laying on the ground. Uh, it's easier to build because you don't need ladders and stuff to to reach to the high, to the top, and whatnot. But it looks kind of funny. It's a, it's a wall on the ground, and there's windows, there's doors, there's everything. Everything's done on the wall. Okay, so you build that, you put it that to the side, you lift it off and you build the next wall, just the same way on the the ground. You also lift that away, and then third and fourth wall, same thing. You can even build a roof. (laughs) People build roofs straight on the ground. Like it's a house, but there's no house. (laughs) It looks very funny. And then, okay, so now when you have four walls done and the roof, one day you take a crane and you lift the pieces together like a card house and it's just bam, all of a the sudden there's a house. Um, so it's kind of a like a, it looks like you're not really doing work, it looks like you're not doing progress because there's nothing to touch on, there's no walls where there should be, there's nothing but then bam, all of the sudden in one day it looks like magic but now there's a house in place. And the, the, the reality is that this block, this prefabricated BAM type of house building is actually more efficient, actually takes less energy and time, uh, but uh, takes some more planning, of course, because imagine that you don't have, if you do a mistake on the the sizes, for example, you make one wall too short or whatever, like you haven't really planned this together (laughs) properly then the day you're gonna try to put this thing together it's gonna be like shit, this actually doesn't fit and, and now you're screwed. So you really wanna think about how you're doing it. But the fact is that in the long run, it is more efficient. Okay, so back to my my beach volleyball. I was 24, I realized I had 11 years probably physically left in my body to become a high level player, maybe even more if I'm lucky, but 11 years should should be fine. And uh, I had these two carpentry (laughs) concepts in my head. So I was like, shit, what if I tried to do something similar in beach volleyball? Like, what if it worked? And uh, I realized that, yeah, maybe nobody has really thought like this before, but I really believe in this because I I knew from experience that this way of building a house, (laughs) of course, building a beach volleyball player in a house is not exactly the same. But there's still similarities I really believed in this experiment and I'm kind of a person that I just love trying things I love experiments I especially if it's something that has huge potential but nobody has tried it I'm like yeah let me try it because what if I can pull something off what if I can land these tricks that nobody else has landed before um, life is kind of too short to, 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 not try things sometimes. So I knew it was a an experiment. I knew it was risky. I also knew that I can start trying this out, and if it doesn't seem to work, well, then I can go back and do what everybody else does, which is build myself as a beach volleyball player, stick by stick, so to say, or piece by piece. Um, So there's another important thing about this, which is every time you do something that nobody else has has done before, and especially if it's something that you kind of need to explain before it would make sense, like this here, I've spent some time to explain it to you now, and maybe now it makes sense, but most people have not heard this explanation. Uh, When that happens, you're doing something nobody else has done and nobody understands it easily. Well, you're going to have a lot of critique. You're going to have a lot of skeptics, a lot of people saying that, hey, you're doing the wrong thing. You should do this and this and this and this, et cetera, et cetera. I can imagine that the first carpenter that built a house like that, uh, like in the prefabricated method or whatever, I can imagine that there were other carpenters walking past him and like mocking him like, hey, that wall is supposed to be standing, not on the ground. Hey, that that roof you're making, it's supposed to be up in there, you know? this looks like shit but then boom one day he's putting the house together and and all of the sudden all the other guys are like what the what the fuck just happened how did he get that house done so fast <laughs> so um yeah i you, i've definitely noticed that a lot in in my beach volleyball career and i'm still in the process of of doing that like there's still things that people cannot see that i uh, that I think makes sense because I've thought about it, but people don't understand it. So they're still like, hey, why aren't you not playing more tournaments? Why are you not doing this? Why are you not doing that? And I'm like, there's there's a reason for everything just calm down. Of course, I'm not I'm not perfect in everything. Uh, If I could have with the knowledge I have today, if I could have coached myself from the beginning, I would have done things differently. But in, in general, I'm very happy with uh, what I have done and the way I have sort of approached the sport. So I also want to give you some examples of, of how I applied this carpentry or these carpentry concepts into beach volleyball. Uh, there's, there's in a way, there's t- countless examples, but I'll, I'll give you at least a few. Um, one of the things I did was uh, I started I basically looked at my goal, like what I want to reach in eleven years, and um, my basically my goal is to become as good as I can with the resources I have. I decided that I'm never going to go absolutely batshit crazy with the sport. I'm more seeing it as a you know, I want to move every day, so I'm going to you know do the sport for for an hour or two most days. Um, and I'm going to use that time as efficiently as possible to move forward. Um, But I I don't have, like, I'm not a millionaire that can just, like, hire every coach in the world. Nothing like that. It's it's more of a very humane approach, just like, okay, so I have some, I need to move. (laughs) I need to stay healthy, but that time that I'm going to spend being healthy, how can I? approach the sport with that as efficiently as possible. So one of the things I did was uh, I trained my vertical high, my, my vertical jump very early um, because I saw that I needed to jump higher if I wanted to reach the level I wanted to reach, which, uh, oh, yeah, that's where I got sidetracked. This is kind of funny talking to yourself. Uh, my goal is to become a very high-level player. Um, at first, I, I live in Sweden, or that's kind of where I'm from, um, and I guess a part goal was like, yeah, I would, it would be fun to play at the Swedish national tour. Uh, I think um, my goals might have gotten better bigger than that, we'll, we'll sort of see where I'll, I'll end up, but at least I would wanna reach that level. But in general, when people ask what my goal is, it's literally just to become as good as I possibly can with the resources I have. So it's not like when I reach the tour, I'm gonna end or, or anything like that. Uh, okay, so these players, I realized that I'm I should jump higher than what I do to reach that level. So I started, but I also saw that, hey, if I learn beach volleyball now and I get good at the skills, like I get kind of close to my goal, but then realize that shit, now I need to gain those inches. Now I need to jump, jump higher so that I can, you know, outreach this block or whatever. Well, what if it takes like two, three years to to get your vertical up? That would be stupid to to sort of bottleneck myself in my uh, in my um, progress. So so I started. <laughs> I was like, why don't I just like get my vertical up now? Um, I guess the younger the better to uh, get it up now and build on my skills at the same time. And maybe the skills and the vertical they can sort of reach kind of the max potential at the same time, rather than then uh, like I, I actually saw people around me in my club and stuff like they were good players, but then they realized, shit, I need to jump higher. So now they had to go to the gym a lot. So I just tried to avoid that. Um, another thing, the biggest thing and the biggest reason that for this project actually is um, I realized that a lot of these pro players that that I wanted to be like they, yes, they do have technical differences. They play slightly different, but nobody has awful technique. Like just the biomechanics of the sport, the, the basic skill of how you're passing, how you're setting, how you're hitting. It doesn't look that different. <laughs> like everybody, it's very functional for everybody. And um, it's it's sort of a, the basis of, of the skill. So I realized that, okay, In the coming years, maybe not the full 10 years, but at least probably half of it, I'm going to learn a lot of new skills. I'm going to teach my body a bunch of stuff that it doesn't know how to do yet. Is there any chance that I would, in the long run, benefit of first, before I start doing that, learning some science and stuff about how my body learns new skills? Of course, I had been a learner my whole year my whole life in skateboarding and snowboarding and stuff but I had never really thought deeply about, you know, how do you actually learn stuff? So, I'm uh, actually, this is not the whole truth. I had done a singing course before by a guy that had very much has, has studied how people learn and I learned a lot from that singing course. He's a world famous singing coach that had like an online program that I did and it blew my mind. So that sort of opened my eyes to that, okay, there's, there's stuff you can learn. And when you learn these things, well, then all of a sudden you're a more efficient learner because you actually work with your body. You know how your body and your brain picks up skills. And therefore it's kind of like the first carpentry uh, concept. If you're gonna do something over and over again, make sure it gets efficient first. So I read, I read sports psychology, I read uh, motor learning, I read some uh, brain science and I read personal development and I still continually every day do, um, continuously learning stuff. Um, but yeah, I sort of set, set myself up for success. I, I understood the process of what it's like to learn a new technique and make it automatic in our body because when we play we don't want to be thinking about our technique, we want to just be playing but we still want to be able to change stuff, which I guess takes a little bit. bit. It takes a couple, two, three weeks um, or so. And uh, well, I wanted to, I learned that process. How do you, from the day a coach or someone explains how something is done for me, done. Like you should pass like this because it's easier. Okay, from the day I understand that to the day when it's actually automated in my body. It's a part of me. I can do it subconsciously as I'm playing a full on game. How do I make that process as quick and efficient as possible? That's what I figured out. And that's a part of the project name, Learn Beach Volvo Fast. Learn Beach Volvo Fast has has a lot of uh, implications, but that's at least one of them. Hey, so a few years older, Alex here. There's a little add-on I wanted to put into this point of this episode, which is that according to me, in the volleyball world, most people think that it takes like thousands of reps week after week, month after month, even year after year to automate some sort of new technique. And a lot of people think that, you know, it's even basically impossible, so it's absolutely not worth it. There's this saying, old dogs don't learn their tricks, whatever, whatever, whatever. And... I'm just here to say that even though I'm older now, I'm 32 now, this is just absolutely not true as long as you know what you're doing when you're trying to change a technique. Uh, If anything, I've gotten even better at it now. Uh, Imagine that you get older and you get better at learning (laughs) new skills faster Uh, that's quite contrary to what most people believe at this point it literally takes me maybe three to four days until a new technique is sort of integrated in my body once i put my mind into it and uh, still about the same as before two to three weeks until it is fully automated so yeah i just wanted to put this add on here because i just feel this belief is so ingrained in the volleyball and the sports world that, you know, I just want to punch it a little bit more extra so that maybe, hopefully, one day this belief will be changed. Uh, all right, that was my extra punch. Now let's get back to the original recording. And yeah, for, for, of course, <laughs> if this sounds interesting for anyone, I'm going to make courses and videos and, and whatnot where I'll teach all of these secrets that nobody else seems to be teaching. Um, okay, so that's one thing I did. Um, what more did I write down here? Uh, yeah, interesting. Um, competitions a lot of people say that competitions are a great source of learning. You learn competition is the best practice you ever get. You should compete as much as you can, etc, 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 etc. And I partly agree you can learn a lot of good stuff from competition and ultimately what you want to do. To be a good beach volleyball player is to compete and be a successful competitor. I 100% agree with that. But there is a pitfall, a pitfall that most people don't know. Um, in this process that I talked about, in how you change technique, this process of two, three weeks or so, you should preferably not really compete in that time frame, because competition. While you're changing a technique, in the beginning it's, you need to focus, you need to think about that technique a lot. And when you compete, well, then you want to focus on winning and competing and where is the ball and what's our tactic and you know how do I play with my partner, etc, etc, etc. Very few people are able to hold the focus on what they're changing in their technique, the actual skill they're building. And compete at the same time in the beginning, which means that your body will revert to the old technique, the old skill you were doing, and kind of keep you stuck in that skill. It's funny. Uh, I've I've learned that for many people think that you know the hard thing with beach volleyball is changing technique. They're like, yeah, I I know every coach has has told me that I need to do it this way, but I can't, it's impossible. And they literally are stuck here for years with the same technique. And and I'm like, but it takes two weeks. It takes three weeks, as long as you just know how it's done. Anyway, (laughs) sorry, I shouldn't become like that. But uh, where was I? Yeah, competitions. Um, They can actually hinder your long-term progress because of this. You wouldn't, let's say, I like race car analogies for some reason. If, uh, if you were a race car driver, and, uh, but your engine was broken. It worked still, but it was a little bit broken. So it's, not, it's working 80%. And you go to the mechanic. So the mechanic opens up the engine and starts fixing things, changes some parts and whatnot. You would not expect yourself to be able to drive in a racing competition as the mechanic has opened up the engine, right? That would be horrible. That would be stupid. Uh, but but that's kind of what people expect. Uh, and that's kind of what people, people don't have the time to change technique because they're competing so much. Um, at the same time, you cannot open up, you cannot let the mechanic open up the hood and fix it if you're competing in races all the time, because while well, you're moving and the the mechanic needs the car to be still so that's kind of what's going on here Uh, people listening to this it's not hard to change technique you just have to know how it's done Uh, and i'm excited to teach you later if you want to be taught Um, okay another kind of way i applied this concept this carpenter concepts is i thought about so the three base skills in beach 12 in out passing setting and hitting which one should you learn first? Of course, you should sort of learn them all at the same time, but if you're if you have a choice To become you can you can learn them to a basic level very quickly, but you know if you're aiming to become a high-level player you, you can't just have basic skills. They have to be high-level skills. So If if you're a basic passer, basic setter, basic hitter, which one do you first wanna be like very high level? And I might be wrong here, but I came to the conclusion that setting is what you wanna learn first. Because two reasons, or several reasons. Hitting is probably the skill of these three that takes the longest time to learn properly because it's so complicated, there's so many com- moves, it's so so complex, there's several habits you have to train, several of these two, three week periods that you have to go through to, to actually have everything, um, everything done. But the problem with hitting is that it's very, it's you need a setter to, to learn it. And if you're a low level player, you're not gonna have access to a good setter because the high level players, they kinda wanna stay within the, amongst themselves so they're not going to be there setting for you like may yeah you can probably pay someone to set you for hours while you're learning to hit but that's like i mean few people are made of money like that so so there, what you have is is you can ask same level players as you to practice with you but if they don't know how to set then it's going to be very very hard for you to hit because you know what if one set out of ten is is actually hittable or or like Hittable enough that you're able to focus on your technique and hit um, So what I realized is that if you learn to set really well really early and really fast You don't necessarily get to play with the high-level people But you can actually find some of the high-level people and go practice hitting with them Because if, it, if it's you and one other person well, you guys are gonna set each other and really the only thing that that person needs is a good set and if you already have that then you're gonna get good sets back from that person which means that you can now start the the process of learning to hit there's so many lower level players that are stuck they cannot learn to hit just because the people at their level cannot set and they're all stuck there (laughs) and the high level people won't play with them Um, so that's why, oh no, yeah, one more reason that setting is the first one you should learn. Setting is the easiest skill to learn by yourself. Technically, if you learn to handset or if you learn to bump set, uh, you can get millions of reps yourself and you can learn the actual technique, you can learn the touch, you can learn the accuracy, you can learn everything and you can, yeah, you can even do it at a court by yourself. Uh, you literally don't need a training partner um all the other things passing uh you can do some stuff yourself but but ultimately you're going to need um well ultimately you're going to need a, a playing situation in in all of them but setting is the one that you can do most game like by yourself out of this uh, the, the easiest way so um yeah, passing you can you need a partner. Hitting you need someone who can set you. But setting it's it's there's no nothing stopping you. Just you just need a ball and go out and learn to set. Uh, so it's it's um, logistically the easiest skill to learn as well as the best skill to learn in the long run. Um, hope that makes sense. So yeah, after you learn to set, you can learn to hit together with people. And passing you can um, passing you can sort of just. Over time during this process, you can learn how to pass. Of course, defense and, and blocking are important to and serving, uh, but especially defense and blocking, there's, there's not really a point being a super good defender if, if you can't side out. So that's kind of why I think the three side out skills, passing setting and hitting should be be kind of more focused on in the beginning over blocking and, and defense. Of course, they're straight off from, for example, passing and defense too, but but I think you get the point. Another thing I have done differently from probably most players is that I started coaching very, very early. Um, I also started this project very, very early compared to my playing career. Um, I started coaching after I had played the sport for one and a half years because I had I had those things from the singing coach. I had read some sports psychology books and I was like, I think this is more like how this sport should be taught and, and, and learned. So I started running experiments and actually people ended up liking it. So I was like, I think I'm onto something here. I think, I think I should really continue doing this. But of course, starting to coach early has also accelerated. I think that was a smart move because every time I coach, I learn something new. I sometimes I feel like I learn more than the people I'm coaching, uh, which is hopefully not true. Uh, but I do pick up a lot of lessons because you have to explain things to to different people differently and you understand things while you're coaching, et etc et etc. And you're getting paid to do this. so which is just a win-win because you become a better player and you get paid and yeah then, which means you can work less at, at a normal job and etc. etc. So it's it's really a great thing to do. Uh, I'm really happy that that you know the coaching has worked out the way it has. And uh, yeah and also this this project. Uh, this project is not so old yet, but I think I'm off to a promising start. Some of the feedback I've gotten from you guys is it's just amazing. And it makes me happy and, and really stoked to continue doing this project, uh, this project. So Let's, start, let's jump into sort of that's kind of my background, kind of what I've done differently. Where am I right now? Where am I right now as a player? Where am I right now as a Learn Beach Ball Fast project creator? Um, <laughs> because here's the funny part. So I'm a coach and uh, I have a YouTube channel and I'm supposed to teach people how to play this sport and a lot of people they like to have and learn from someone who has won the olympics who has won this and that competition who has played at the highest level etc 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 and then comes this this weird alex guy that you know says he doesn't even play tournaments but but you should really learn h volleyball from him because he's awesome and he's doing everything differently etc etc so, so <laughs> I kind of felt like I should explain that part a little bit. I'm now 29 years old which means I have done this for five years um, which means I have six years left until my goal of 35 um, and uh, Yeah, I'm six years, still I'm 35. Right now, body-wise, I'm feeling like a 21-year-old. I might even feel better than I did back then. So I wouldn't be surprised if I'm playing the sport like in my 40s. Uh, There's one guy, an ex-Olympian here uh, where I live, he's uh, 47 right now, I believe, and he still plays with everybody else and, and plays at the national tour in Sweden and is going full steam. So. I do, who knows? There might be 20 years left of my playing career, so this might still be very, very much in the beginning of of everything that I'm gonna do. Anyway, I set my goal to in these 11 years reach you know at least national um, tour level in Sweden. Um, I'm not quite there yet, but but there's something interesting that has happened in the last half year or so. Every now and then, I get invited to play with the guys that have played on the tour and uh, I can sometimes keep up with them, which is very cool. It's like when I when I play the way I know I can play, when I'm in the right mood, uh, I can actually, it seems, to keep up with them. Uh, they haven't really accepted me <laughs> officially yet. <laughs> it's not like I don't get to practice with them uh, like all the time yet, uh, but I'm also... Um, Yeah, I'm also sort of building a lot of skills in this past half year, so whatever. I'm very optimistic about the future and I have almost reached my 11-year goal in five years. Um, I'm going to slowly, slowly start moving into less skill building. I'm more and more seeing that my technique starts to actually look like the pros and soon I'm gonna jump more into the part of beach volleyball which is like tactics and playing smart and uh, even more of the psychological aspects and the aspects of finding a partner that fits you and and all of that and really learn to compete so i'm gonna start moving there soon-ish we'll see maybe this summer maybe the summer after Um, of course i'm always competing a little bit but but like really start going heavy so yeah if you if you look at the my ranking right now, I didn't <laughs> last summer I spent in in Norway and I actually didn't get a Norwegian license and I didn't play any tournaments in Sweden, so I have pretty much zero points in the Swedish League right now, <laughs> so it's like uh is this the guy you're supposed to listen to maybe maybe it is uh there's a reason at least that's what I wanted to get to skill building nowadays I'm getting more and more into details, finer and finer details which basically means i think that at the higher levels of beach volleyball this amount of work that used to give huge returns before like very significant very visible returns give much smaller more subtle returns at this level it really just changes like a point or two percent whereas before you know if you couldn't pass and then you learn to pass well that's going to be a huge difference so In a way, it looks like skill building has slowed down for me, but in a way I don't think it has because I know that everybody else, if they're going to get from, you know, 90% good to 95% good or from 95% to 100% good, they're also going to have this slower kind of gain in skills because, yeah, there's... I think there's a maximum potential of how good a human being can be at the sport. And of course, the better you get, the closer to that you are and the, the slower the, the um, progress is going to be. All right, so that was a little bit about where I am right now. Trust me, don't trust me. <laughs> I'm, as I said before, uh, I like running experiments. This whole project is an experiment of mine if nobody's watching my videos, I would stop. Uh, But there are people watching, which is great. And from the beginning, when I started coaching, it was also an experiment. I was just like, hey, let's try and see if this works. Maybe maybe someone will like it. And uh, it turned out that people liked it. And it turned out that I have a lot of, in a way I want to call it, inside frustration of how the beach volleyball world is is operating, how people are learning the sport. So I just see so much potential of making it so much better. And uh, yeah, apparently it seems more or less like I might be right. It seems like people are, the feedback I get when I coach is that I see details that nobody else does. I, I explain things like nobody else does. They understand me much better than other coaches, etc., etc. And I'm just like, but this is common sense. This is just because, because this is how your body learns. But apparently, someone, nobody else, <laughs> seemed to care about learning that part. Uh, it's it's so funny for me that, uh, yeah, I don't know, beach volleyball coaches, which their job is to teach you skills, they apparently don't know how skills are built. Anyway, done with the rant. No, no, I'm not done with the rant. I'm gonna to get to my next point, which is, on my paper it says, what's wrong with beach volleyball and why learn beach volleyball fast? Here's one of my, I guess, pet peeves, or I think they're called pet peeves, something that you kind of strongly believe in, some sort of epiphany you have had that you really wish everybody knew. I believe this is how it works in beach volleyball world. The coaches that teach people how to play beach volleyball have usually been high-level players themselves. As I said before, people trust high-level players that then become coaches. High-level players in this sport have usually learned the sport or at least started the sport when they were kids. And when you're a kid and you learn skills, you sort of pick them up subconsciously. You sort of don't really know a lot of the things that you learn. They sort of come packaged. You sort of just know how to do it, but you don't really know. There's a lot of people that can't teach what they, what they know to do. Uh, or They don't re- really even know what they're doing. They don't really know the skills they're doing, what, it, what they're actually doing. And it's the same for me in skateboarding and snowboarding. I wouldn't be a super good good teacher in skateboarding and snowboarding because a lot of that skill I just picked up through the hours when I was a kid. And um, I think our brains are a little bit more flexible when we're kids. We pick up things easier. Uh, there's a lot of... Uh, I think it's pretty well known that that kids learn languages much, much, much easier uh, as a kid. So. It seems like our bodies are just more prone to learning skills uh, the younger we are. And it's in this state that literally most beach volleyball coaches have learned the sport. So where does that all take us? That takes us to a point in beach volleyball, in the beach volleyball world, where the coaches that everybody's supposed to learn from learned this stuff as kids, which means they don't know what they learned, which means they can't teach how the sport is played. (laughs) <laughs> of course they can teach some some of the things but the bu- fundamental fundamental basics they don't know how to teach because they don't know how they learned it. I think that's why it's important that I started with this sport so late with almost zero ball sport background. I, My friends laughed at me. I I always hated soccer and all the other ball sports. I was this guy with the slow reaction time that would like miss balls. Uh, apparently I threw like a girl. So my arm swing mechanics, my, my, when I was throwing snowballs in the winter, I threw like a girl, I couldn't throw far at all. And my friends, uh, laughed at me. I was, able to, I, I was pretty good at skateboarding instead, so, <laughs> so it didn't take down my self-worth. I could still do something. But ball sports, I didn't know how to do it. So I had to just learn all of this from scratch when I was 24. And on top of that, I really enjoy remembering the insights that make me learn something. Uh, there's something about me and my natural wiring that is uh, sort of a... Uh, yeah, that's the strongest memories I have. When I learned something, what was it that got me to learn that? And it seems like I'm able to communicate that quite well when I'm coaching. It seems like I'm able to get people through that aha moment uh, again and again and again and again, uh, which is really cool. I'm not sure I would be able to teach that because maybe that's something I learned as a kid, but that's another point. <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a side note. Okay so if my theory of why beach volleyball instruction online and offline uh, I think most people that have spent any significant amount of time on YouTube realize that there's not a whole lot of stuff that's actually high quality on there about how to learn the sport. If we agree on that that's the case and if if my theory is even somewhat right, that it's basically because the, the creators, the coaches, don't really know how to teach what they know how to do, um, and, and my background is actually a more favorable one to break down this sport properly, then that basically means that this project that I'm doing is hopefully good and valuable and kind of critical that it gets done. So my vision with this project is, I want this project to become what I wish I could have found that day when I was 24 and realized that shit, I'm gonna learn the sport. Uh, I wish, I had wished that there was one place at that point where I could go and it's like here is a complete breakdown of the sport. Here's how you learn it as quickly as possible. Here's the drills, here's why you do these this drills, here's the skills you're gonna learn, and everything just makes sense. I would have wished that there was one place that did that for me. <laughs> but that place did not exist when I started the sport, and it still does not exist. I have looked, I promise you. Um, I found, yeah, I think you will recognize this. Some of the resources I found was like, it was chaotic. It was There were pros claiming stuff. They said you should do it this way. They showed the skill and they actually did it differently themselves. They didn't even know what they do themselves. They, sh- they taught it in a different way than they actually did it themselves. Then there was the next pro that said this next thing and it was conflicting advice. They basically talked against each other. Nobody explained why they are right so that you could at least sort of make sense of it. It was just a shit show of, of advice from, from every corner and, and every place. And, and I was like, how am I going to learn this sport? <laughs> uh, so I guess that just put me down the road of figuring everything out myself instead. But here's the thing. If my knowledge is valuable, if there's actually valuable in this project, if people like what I'm doing, if they believe that I can actually be a person that would sort of bottle up this, the skills of this sport into one package and then, you know, then be able to have that bottle and there's a recipe and you can just print it up and like, here it is. Which, uh, that, that, uh, I mean, that would be great for, I think for everybody. I think if we could do together, if I could bottle that up, That could actually have huge implications in the future of this sport because of the baseline of how easy it is to learn the baseline of actually becoming good at this sport would be easier than before. Well, then all of a sudden, there's going to be more people at a higher level. They're going to push each other more and the progress of the whole sport is just going to be quicker. So if all of this, what I'm saying is true, I'm not saying it is true, but if it is, if I'm actually in a sort of unique position of bottling up the sport because of my background, because I had to learn it from scratch and maybe not so many other, other people have. The future of this project is, uh, should be thought of if I, if I want to say it that way. There's people that have found great value from my project. There's people that want me to create more, videos, more content, etc, etc, etc. You might be one of them or maybe not. Maybe this podcast has made you one of them, if I'm lucky. <laughs> we'll see. Okay, so if that's the case, we should take one little second or a little bit to think about the future of this project. And and here's where I I kind of want to explain my my vision of you to you and maybe we can make this work together. So basically, <clears throat> I'm still at this point, this is not my full-time job. Um, But if the quicker I can move with this project forward to the point where I can literally, this can be my full-time occupation. I don't need to go to other jobs to make this happen. The quicker I learn, I haven't learned everything yet. I don't know everything yet. I'm not the full answer machine. I have a lot of answers that nobody else seems to have because if they had, they would be sharing them, but nobody is. And I have millions of ideas for videos. I wanna sit down and create those videos, but I don't yet have time. I'm I'm doing it slowly, but it's not moving as quickly as as I know some people would wish to. Um, If this is the case, there's ways for us to, in very smart ways, collaborate with growing this, this project. So basically, this is a journey of mine, and I'm basically inviting you now to be a part of it. I can make all of this happen myself, but the more help I get, the faster everything will grow and and happen, and the better it will be for you and everybody else. So thanks so much for listening so far. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode. I really appreciate the, the time you have put down into understanding this project more. I'm gonna spend a few minutes of just explaining how we can together make this grow, and uh, it's, it's basically a sales pitch, I, I, I won't lie, but it can be free for you. It doesn't need to cost you any money, but you can still help significantly, which means that you help the project grow, which means that you're ultimately helping yourself and everybody else. Okay, that was the disclaimer. Let's go into how you can help this project grow for everybody's best. I'll start with the absolutely free stuff first. Uh, first of all, feedback and ideas, good and bad. All of that, all the YouTube comments you guys put out there, all the comments on the Facebook group, I learn a lot from that. And, and I'm, I'm learning a lot from both skill-wise, but I'm also learning how to run a project like this. I haven't really run a project like this, and I'm, I'm a beginner in that sense. So every time when you guys are like, hey, this is you should have maybe this and you should have that and the sound quality is bad and etc., cetera, et cetera, I learned so much from that and, and I couldn't, I could learn those without you guys giving me the feedback, but, but it really, really, really helps. Um, so feedback and ideas really does help me more than you probably realize. Uh, <laughs> I've put a side note here on my paper. <laughs> I I normally I don't like to have feedback on sort of my strategies on how to become good at beach volleyball or I I like to have help of course from people and and I do listen to people that try to help me but quite often I end up concluding hey this guy has no idea about my background they don't know my approach to the sport they don't understand me they don't understand that I have a long-term approach rather than a month a month ahead you know most people are building their houses stick by stick so they don't look any further than you know what's the next week's gonna do how am i gonna deal with this maximum one season maximum they have off season and and on season and that's basically how big i've seen people think people don't set up 11 year plans uh, but basically now that you have taken the time to listen to my sort of background explanations if you now have great ideas, maybe some of you guys have backgrounds in somewhere and you see flaws in my ideas or whatever, now please send me to them because I'm literally just trying to figure out how to learn this sport as fast as possible. And if you have ideas that can make my ideas even better, shoot them at me, please do. And of course, over time that will also trickle down to to probably the teachings of this project, which your ideas can then help even more people. Okay, so that's, that's the first free way to help me. Second one is really to spread the, wor- the word of this project. Share the stuff that, share the stuff you like, share the podcast, share the YouTube video, send a video to a friend that, that you know, is struggling with something. If you find that I have a video that helps with that part, if you find something insightful, just talk about the project to people. Now you know a lot more about the spirit of and the background of why I'm doing this stuff. Uh, maybe, you know, I'm, I don't know, send this podcast episode to someone if if you think they should should listen to it. Because really, uh, the more everything grows, the, the more of everything happens. The more opportunities I will get, uh, I already get opportunities because I have this YouTube channel and this project, uh, but I will get more of those which will make me everything and and everything better. I will get more feedback and ultimately I will make more money uh, which will make me go full time this and beyond faster because uh, yeah because it's just more <laughs> by the way, the money part I wanted also to say yes, my first goal is to go full time with this so I can actually like actually deliver what you guys want. This project is not, I have no plans to, ma- to make this project make me a millionaire. Uh, when I make enough money that it's more than for me, I'm gonna start hiring people. I'm gonna start hiring people to help me edit the videos so that I don't need to spend as much time doing this kind of bullshit work that I don't really like. So I, I can go straight down into idea, video creation, um, idea of writing, and all of that, all the creative stuff, so that then, you know, this machine, this project can really pump out content uh, for people that that want it. Uh, so I hope that that makes sense, like the money that comes into this project will be reinvested into the project and you will ultimately benefit from it. So I hope that makes sense. Another free way to, to help me is to put me in contact with people. Put me in contact with uh, people that are involved in the beach volleyball community, people that you know, whatever, podcasts, you think someone should interview me, let them know, all that kind of stuff just, just helps with, uh, with growing everything. And of course, the, the last free stuff is, you can do is you can follow the podcast, you can subscribe to the podcast, follow the Instagram, follow the YouTube channel, and join the email list uh, because those things actually do help in, in numbers too. Some people don't understand how, but, but, but it does help. Okay, so the second category here is is in a way the one I'm most excited for. I named it Semi-Free Stuff. Uh, (laughs) Semi-Free Stuff is basically ways you can contribute to this project with money, with it costing nothing for you. And that might sound too good to be true, but it's not. And here's why. We all spend money on things continually, uh, whether we want it or not. We eat food, we have utilities, we buy stuff, sometimes we buy volleyball, sometimes we buy uh, clothes for volleyball, whatever. We, like, Even though we're not basically paying to, to a project or, or whatever, we're spending money all the time. And the great thing with, uh, uh, there's something called affiliate links. They're basically links to products online. I can provide you with links. And when you click my link, it's, there's a tag in it that basically tells the store that I sent you there. And you can buy the product that I sent you to, maybe I'll send you to a volleyball, you can buy that volleyball, or you can buy toilet paper or whatever, some other kind of utility that you're just gonna use on that website, for example, Amazon is the biggest one. And it does not make a single difference for you, it costs exactly the same for you but you're supporting this project, which means that this project can grow faster, which can, then it can help you faster. This is almost like a life hack. It's, I guess, if, if it was you, me and Amazon in a room, the, the loser is Amazon and the winner is us two, uh, but it's still a good deal for Amazon too, because I guess otherwise they wouldn't have this, this uh, affiliate program. So we, <laughs> I kind of think we should use that as much as possible uh because, yeah, it makes everything grow and it, it doesn't cost for cost anything for anyone. I will start putting way more of those links in my YouTube videos and stuff in the future there will probably be some in the show notes, I can provide more information how this works and etc 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 but it's really a win-win uh, financially we can make this project grow with no cost for anyone. Another semi-free stuff is put me in contact with companies that would that it would make sense that I promote their products. I'm never going to promote any th- kind of product I don't believe in this, this project. So don't send, send me some bullshit. But you know, if there is something really, uh, that I really believe ha- can add value to beach volleyball players, to, to the people that are following this project, uh, I might do collaborations with, uh, with companies just sponsorship uh, collaborations so you could of course put me in contact with people like that cool the last uh, way to support this uh, project is the paid stuff Uh, but of course you're gonna get something for what you're paying for i have priced everything that i do so that the goal for me is that you will get way more than you pay for way more. (laughs) There's this 10X rule online, which basically says that if you sell something online, an information product, some sort of knowledge, people that buy it from you should feel like they got 10 times what they paid for. So that's really what I'm aiming for whenever I'm selling you anything online. So there's going to be uh, courses uh, with full breakdowns of the skills of passing and whatnot. I have more information on my website about that. Uh, those you can of course buy, which uh, straight um, supports the, pro- uh, the project, and you will get a lot of great content uh, from that. Of course, there's also coaching and camps. I coach, uh, I can coach online uh, via internet. We can do video analysis, we can talk on Skype. We can, we can even, <laughs> there's even a possibility nowadays with, with smartphones, you can even bring me to the court and have me on a smartphone because there's um, there's Facebook Live and, and whatnot, or uh, you know video chat possibilities. So technology nowadays is is pretty cool. Uh, of course, you can if you happen to be in the same place as I am, uh, we can do offline coaching. And I will probably put out some camps later in this in the evolution of this project. We'll see when that happens. But of course, all of that helps. Other sort of paid things you can do. Uh, Okay, first I'm gonna start with the uh, actually donations. I, I'm gonna put up a Patreon site for this project Patreon is basically just donating money for something that you believe in. There's a lot of projects online similar to mine That are run by someone and the audience wants The guy that runs the thing to be able to do it better. So they just feel like hey you know, if I donate $5 a month for this YouTube channel so that it can grow faster, that's way worth it because that's like a cup of coffee and, and I get to watch this these nice YouTube videos that teach me a lot of stuff. So that's another way to, to do it. Uh, I, I did the math. If just 100 people had a $5 a month uh, thing, uh, that would actually let me go full-time with this project. I'm a person that lives very cheaply I get my personal human happiness from being a nerd. I don't have expensive hobbies. I would rather spend a night watching videos about volleyball, going and experimenting with with concepts, and playing volleyball. Ultimately, all things that will help me as a player and a coach, which will help me grow this project and put out better quality content for you guys. So it doesn't take me much money at all before I'll be full time with this. Uh, hundred people with five dollars a month and I would be up and running you know (laughs) that would be great if there was 200 people with five dollars a month I would start hiring people and we could get even quicker with this there's one last thing which is coaches collaborations if you are a coach if you're someone who normally gets paid for your time and you would for some reason feel like hey this Alex guy seems kind of cool his project seems kind of cool. I believe that it would actually be great if this thing got better and grew faster. I am very open to, <laughs> to be coached or, or collaborate. Like if there's something you can teach me that you believe that, hey, this Alex, he understands a lot of stuff, but he needs to understand this too. And you wanna like reach out to me and, and teach me those things, feel free to do so. Uh, as a donation or, or whatever, like um, that would of course also help this uh, this thing grow because I would become a higher quality coach and, and player. That one right there, I should probably explain a little bit further. So basically this has happened already a couple of times during the lifetime of this project, but basically that other volleyball thinkers have like found me uh, and other volleyball thinkers that think something differently than maybe the mainstream volleyball thinking goes. Uh, and so they they sit there, they're at home and they're like frustrated about how the the volleyball world is a little bit the same, similar to as as I have been. but they don't really have a platform to to you know talk this out and they don't want to spend years creating a platform, starting a YouTube channel to basically get their message out. And in these cases, I mean I am here. I have the platform. I'm the I'm the, I'm the Volvo guy on online that, that is, is not afraid of, of questioning things the, the way they have been done before. And basically I can then provide a platform to, to get new ideas out. They don't They don't even have to be correct ideas sometimes sometimes it's just good to question things and you know get people to think in a different way because usually there's at least something that you can bring home and and have value from when people are basically convinced that something is is wrong or done should be done differently cool I hope that makes sense and I really hope that you understand the win-win-win mentality that I try to have with this project I'm not doing this for my own gain only, I'm also doing it for your gain, I'm also doing it for all other beach volleyball players gain out there, and I'm also doing it for the gain of the sport and the future of the sport. We all know, I hope we all know, that online beach volleyball tutorials and instruction right now is not in the state that it can be. There's a lot of potential to be filled up and I'm willing to be the guy that will attempt to do that there will probably in 20 years after me there will be something someone doing even better than i will but hopefully they can then create on top of my project so they don't need to figure everything out from scratch again so yeah thank you so much for listening to this episode uh thank you for caring Uh, i really appreciate it Uh, i hope i talk to you again subscribe to the podcast um Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Watch some videos. There's some great ones out there. And uh, yeah, share the word, whatever. (laughs) See you later. Talk to you later. Okay, one more last time. The older Alex talking. Uh, So let's wrap this stuff up. There was um, another thing that I have thought about in the last few years since I recorded this one. The original recording is... um, you know the concept about the prefabricated house where you just build the, the walls on the on the ground and then bam, all of a sudden you put it together and it looks like you have taken uh, a lot of huge steps in your results in a very short time because basically you you did put in work but it didn't show, you didn't have anything to show for it until you actually assembled the house. So one might wonder, does this work in Volvo? I would say that it has for me at this point. It's it's pretty cool to see. Uh, but one one thing that I have still done which is quite controversial is still to, to not compete a lot. But but it's fun because I the few times I have competed, oftentimes I have competed at another level than the previous tournament that I played. Uh, <laughs> and and it's just like worked. A lot better than than before because my skills have changed uh so rather than you know grinding through the competitions because there is i need to say there is something to be said about the cost of competitions like they sure they cost money you know sometimes to play and and to get to them um but they also take a lot of time and uh, you know you might want to rest a few days before you want to be fresh in your body before and uh there's preparation to be done. Like it is sort of costly if you think about about it in, in a perspective, to play competitions. And all of that time, all of that energy, all of that money could be invested in other ways, you know, into, for example, coaching and, and training your techniques and, and whatnot. So if you play a whole summer, and you play a tournament every weekend are you actually ever gonna have any time to to practice any of the skills that i'm not gonna say that they will make you a better player compared to playing the tournaments because that's a very complex question to, to answer there's a lot of uh, different variables in the sport and if your if your techniques are perfect and it really what you need is competitiveness then maybe the best thing for you is to play play competitions but but if your thing that's holding you back is that, you know, you you don't have the fundamental techniques. You can't handset well, it's you double the ball, you can't hit it, you know, hard, it just give free balls to the others or, or you shank the passes or you know, whatever it might be, then I'm gonna at least ask you to consider that there might be a smarter way for you to move forward in the sport compared to to just grinding at competitions after competitions but yeah that was the point I wanted to make that at this point I can say with confidence that my experiment of trying to (laughs) implement this um, uh, prefabricated house construction way into Volvo seems successful and uh, therefore I am even more prone to recommend it to people and then we have the other aspect about this episode about <laughs> I talked about some money stuff and uh, whatever. I <laughs> so <laughs> uh, the pandemic has been an interesting time for me. Um, let's let's say this. Uh, I was very optimistic when I recorded this uh, this uh, episode. I had lived a life in you know without any huge crises no wars in my life nothing that like put me in a huge setback like I've been very lucky with you know I come from a western richer country I've been you know there's been a lot of privileges in in my life and um, of course since I lived my whole life in that sort of reality you don't know anything else you don't know what a crisis is like uh, so you i guess you just believe that hey it's going to continue this way forever and uh, that was sort of how i uh, you know i'm i'm very happy for that period because probably you know the the this project was born in that period when when everything was just very happy go lucky there's no problems everything is 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 fucking amazing And you know that that made me go for something big, go for trying to create this project with all the crazy goals I have for it and whatnot. And I was hyper optimistic and 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 everything. And then, then I guess uh, the the payment came. uh, the the payment plus interest uh, no so so we we live in reality we are you know humans on this planet there are uh, different opinions there's crises that happen and uh, sooner or later something is going to hit probably all of us uh, the coronavirus pandemic happened to hit me harder than uh, than uh, a lot of other people um, which did put me in a... you know, it humbled me a lot. It has made me realize that, okay, we... Sure, we are humans on this planet, we are trying to build our lives and our world as as well as possible, but we are not perfect like this. Shit's gonna happen every now and then. So, in a sense, I'm as optimistic as before, at least almost. Uh, but I have realized that I need a little bit more of a robustness in how I conduct business, because apparently shit can happen. Uh, so, I, uh, for example, I talked a little bit about money, about the Patreon and, and what it would take. So, well, for example, the calculations I had, they were... I guess they were based on, you know, the world just not having crises uh, and my, all my other income sources continuing and, uh, you know, me being, being able to coach the way I did before and, and whatnot also. So, all in all, I just think this is good news. It's just like it will, you know, what doesn't kill you will make you stronger. You will realize your, your weaknesses. You will realize how you need to, to continue on to, to not take hits like this this again and uh, in the end I think uh, I will just get stronger from, from this. It has put a delay in this project. Um, I would be further today than where I am if this has never happened but 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the road we will probably be better off because of this. So with all of this put together, I hope that you now well, understand both me and this project on a much deeper level than before. And I hope that you also have learned stuff for your own beach volleyball career, thanks to this episode like I promised or said that you would in the beginning. And um, if you have any thoughts on that, actually, if you learned something or or if you didn't or or you think thought this episode was good for some reason or bad for some reason and something I can... Do better in the future. Uh, please let me know in the in the comment section that uh, well, it just helps me, and and why not, and and uh, then maybe I can answer to some stuff also if you're wondering something. And <laughs> so I have to make a one last push for the toilet paper funding <laughs> because I just think it's kind of a super ridiculous but amazing idea at the same time. Like, how awesome would it? actually be if it worked Um, it is a ridiculous idea but maybe it would work when I thought about it a little bit more I don't actually know uh, if people buy toilet paper online I don't (laughs) if anyone's wondering Uh, but maybe there's something else that you buy regularly online anyway in your life you know it's just a recurring order uh, if, if that's the case, then then why not? I think if, if we can, um, you know, I think it would be possible to do with some product like that. And actually, I am not exactly sure what product that would be uh, that you would order online. So if you have any ideas, you know, something that works for you, maybe other people could, uh, <laughs> if other people think this is a, as good of an idea as I th- do think, If you write it in the comment section, you know, like what you are ordering recurrently, then maybe other people can get ideas from that also. So that, (laughs) if you want to be with me on this, maybe we can talk about this further on how to make it happen. Uh, Maybe do that in the comment section also. So in the podcast description, if you listen to this on a podcast app, I will add a link to the YouTube Video, which so I will host this this episode on YouTube also, and on YouTube there's a comment section we can we can discuss stuff there. So yeah, thanks to listening. Subscribe to everything that you can if you haven't yet. That means YouTube, subscribe to YouTube, subscribe to the podcast in the podcast app. And actually, I'll put one extra push. I don't usually push this too much, but the email list that I have on my website. Uh, subscribe to that, please do Because it actually is The email list is sort of a crisis times backup uh, Well, it's not only that but, but it is, you know If you're only subscribed through YouTube And neither you or me can control what happens with YouTube uh, One day my account might be shut down for who knows what reason <laughs> uh, Or something else happens Or YouTube has a crisis Or... Uh, or whatnot if you're subscribed to my email list then I can still contact you which is just uh, you know it's just good to have a way to to contact (laughs) to to stay in touch and continue the project somewhere else if that would be the case in the worst case you know and I don't know exactly what the scenario would be for this to happen but I also had no idea that uh, pandemic like this could happen and the restrictions like this could happen, so at this point I'm just like, oh, let's just rather be safe than sorry uh, it doesn't take long to, to you know, subscribe to one more thing and, uh, well, maybe it will help us one day also a reminder to talk to your friends about this project, you know send them a video that you have liked or this episode if it was insightful for you or just talk to them about this project uh, if this project is something unique in the world that is helping a lot of people in a different way than other things, then uh, you know <laughs> you might be doing everyone a service by just uh, sharing the word about it. Cool. That was it for this episode. Please continue enjoying beach volleyball. You know, learning beach volleyball, playing beach volleyball, smiling to people, uh, bouncing balls, whatever it might be. Stay optimistic. Stay optimistic about the our common future in the world and your own personal abilities to learn new skills in the future and whatnot and you know if that optimism won't ever take a dip then do everything you can to get it back up and running again it's uh it's worth it i promise you so talk to you soon again whether that's in another podcast episode youtube video coaching session whatever it might be have a good one bye